0: So the central myth of um, the American story is the Old West, obviously. That's just who we are. 150 years or so ago, it was a time of fistfights everywhere, violence, where you had to be independent, strong, and tough, and, and be prepared to defend yourself because there was no one coming to rescue you. And we often look back on that. And we call it the spirit of the frontier. Things haven't changed too much today in uh, 2023, because today in 2023, if you really do want to encounter violence and independence and the ability to take care of yourself and ongoing fights surrounding you you fly spirit or frontier um this is what we're seeing uh more and more of these days uh Fist fights breaking out on airplanes, people climbing over rows and rows of seats to clobber each other, people who have gotten belligerent on the plane refusing to get off the plane. It's usually spirit or frontier, but that's only because they tend to be low-cost carriers, and it's not immune on the higher-class carriers either, which is why a recent video has gone uh, viral, uh, much as in Scott's segment uh, this this week. Uh, And I'll just play it for you. It's from a pilot on American Airlines.
1: Remember, the flight attendants are primarily here for your safety. After that, they're here to make your flight more enjoyable. They're going to take care of you guys, but you will listen to what they have to say because they represent my will in the cockpit or in the cabin, and my will is what matters. Be nice to each other. Be respectful of each other. I shouldn't have to say that. You, people should you treat people the way you want to be treated. But I have to say it every single flight because people don't. And they're selfish and rude. And we won't have it. Okay? Do your stuff. Get it out of everybody else's way. Put your junk where it belongs. Everybody have paid for a space. Don't lean on other people. Don't fall asleep on other people. Don't pass out on other people or drool on them unless you've talked about it. And they have a weather-resistant jacket. All right, a little bit of fatherhood here. The other thing. The social experiment on listening to videos on speaker mode and talking on a cell phone on speaker mode, that is over. Over and done in this country. Nobody wants to hear your video. I know you think it's super sweet. It probably is. But it's your business, right? So keep it to yourself. Use your AirPods, use your headphones, whatever it is. That's your business. Okay, it's just part of being in a respectful society. Middle seaters, I know it stinks to be in the middle. Raise your hand. Raise them up. Anybody in the middle? Like five people. Yeah, right. That's full. All right. Nobody's listening. Fine. You own both armrests. That is my gift to you. Welcome on board our flight.
0: Guys, and when I say guys, I mean, hi, uh, Scott Ott, Steve Green, I'm Bill Whittle. Uh... Violence on airplanes is is increasing, and it's increasing very, very rapidly. It used to be kind of a strange, odd sort of occurrence to see somebody get violent on an airplane. Now it's getting nearly to the point where it's not. Uh, And it's not a surprise. Flying is stressful. and You don't have to be afraid of flying. You're cramped next to people in in these very tight spaces. And so it's going to be kind of the bleeding edge. But as lawlessness seems to take hold in this country, and more and more stores are just openly looted, and there doesn't seem to be consequences for, for criminal activity, at least on the highest levels of government, and George Soros is paying for city attorneys who won't prosecute shoplifters or, or, or looters or anything else. It's is very rapidly finding itself to be an epidemic among air travel. And there's some specific problems with getting into a fistfight at, you know, 37,000 feet at 550 miles an hour that you don't have on the ground. Uh, Steve, this pilot basically uh, basically asked and at the same time ordered his passengers to to just basically behave themselves. And I looked at the comments on this and apparently some people were offended by this, but most of the comments said, if you have a problem with this, then you're the problem.
2: Uh, You know, this goes back to the, really it goes back to 1990s New York and the broken windows theory of, of policing, where if you see the broken window, pretty Hmm. soon all the windows are going to be broken because people see that as license for, for bad behavior. And bad behavior, hey, that's fun. And, you know, we're raising people low impulse control. So why not indulge? Um, And seeing that transferred to our airlines is is kind of frightening because you're in an aluminum tube at 36,000 feet traveling at, you know, 500 and some odd miles an hour. Uh, And well, you really don't want a broken window up there either. Um, Bad things happen. What uh, what what occurred to me a while ago is going to happen in 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 cities like San Francisco, Los Angeles, Portland, maybe even New York City, that are refusing to deal with uh, with the the shoplifting. You know, it's just not not the hungry man trying to feed his family, stealing a loaf of bread. These are organized gangs, for the most part, taking advantage of a situation, making a lot of money. Um, we're going to see cities like those going to the Soviet model of shopping which is you you show up at the store. You don't go very far into the store. There's a counter, and then there are bars. And you go to the first counter, and you tell the clerk what you want, and you pay. And then you go to the next counter. Now, There's an extra step in the Soviet model where you have to find out if they actually have the goods uh, after you've waited in line for Mm -hmm. four hours. Hopefully, we won't get Mm -hmm. to that point, but I wouldn't count on it. And then after you have put in your order and you have paid... A second clerk will go back in the store and fetch the items that you've paid for, bring it back through the bars, hand it to a third clerk, who will then give you your stuff and and you can leave. What happens after outside the store, I don't think I want to know. Because if if they're still not going after shoplifters, I have the feeling that the shoplifters will loot from the customers leaving the store if they can't loot from the actual stores. Um, And it's very sad to see things like this happen to a people that were free and responsible, but if we're going to be free and irresponsible, then this is what businesses, what retailers in particular are going to have to do to survive. It's either that or, you know, do like Walgreens and basically pull out of San Francisco. Um, But somebody's going to want to make money in these cities because there's money to be made. People have deeds and they have money and you know, that's, that's how markets work, but we're going to see what used to just be uh Uh, ordered liberty descend into a Soviet-style clampdown because what other choice are retailers going to have? And Bill, this is what I was thinking as you were telling me about what's going on in our skies, because if this kind of behavior continues, what the hell are airlines going to have to do to impose order on planes that had previously relied on people in crowded, cramped, and stressful conditions? Uh, maintaining their self-control and behaving like civilized human beings in ordered liberty. How are they going to do that, Bill? Because it's either that or, if this continues, ground the planes.
0: My personal feeling is... uh... That if you have somebody who's really, really, really rowdy on an airplane, a number of strong bastards, and the uh, flight crew basically grab the guy, get him to the front of the airplane, open the door, and say, I, "Sir, I I'd no like you to please exit this. the uh, exit the airplane," and and I'd yeah. like I'd like you to step outside. A few few of those w- even as will encourage as the others. Uh, <laughs> Scott, um, I mo- almost all of the, the vast majority of the flying that I do out of LAX has been to um, Fort Lauderdale Hollywood Airport. Uh, in in Florida, because I have a lot of relatives and friends back in Florida, and I, that's my most frequent destination. Not too long ago, at Fort Lauderdale um, Airport, which is a very fine airport, and in, by no means you would consider that to be a you know a rough neighborhood. Fort Lauderdale is a kind of an upscale city, and it's much easier than Miami. Uh, Spirit Airlines canceled 81 flights. And there was a riot in the Spirit Terminal where the passengers climbed over the counters, started smashing things. The employees had to retreat into the back rooms for fear of their lives. And I thought, oh, look, it looks exactly like a Nordstrom's or something on Topanga Canyon here that's just been mass looted and mass raided in an age of of, of lack of consequences. And I really think that's it, Scott. It's like when you see lawlessness on the streets when San Francisco is no longer a city where there's nobody in um, – you know, in the in, in Fisherman's Wharf or whatever, all the buildings are closed because of people simply walking with shopping carts and just taking whatever they want. It's not a surprise. And Steve's point is a, is is well taken. Where do we go from here when this kind of lawlessness is not just infecting our airports? It's getting to be standard procedure. Nobody ever pays any consequences for this.
3: Well. I- I don't know how sweeping an indictment we can make of this phenomenon happening everywhere. You certainly pointed out some situations where this kind of behavior is a problem. Um, I get to work in a retail environment every day, and I do meet uh, from time to time with people who don't seem to have the uh, the common sense that the good Lord allegedly gives everybody, um, and and do you know ridiculous things like push a shopping cart onto an escalator with a child sitting in the cart, you know, and just seem to be not all there. For the most part though, the vast majority of people behave in a civilized manner in the store and and every other store I ever in go Texas. to. In Texas. Yeah, well, it is Texas, but, you know, half of your state <laughs> is now here. And so Yeah, but it,
2: it it's the responsible middle class <laughs> folks. We got the good well. It's the other half That's I'm right. concerned yeah. about.
3: So Yeah, the, I think there are a couple of things here. I mean, obviously uh to to I think reprise an old joke, I believe that that's from Jay Leno, Um, you know, airplane flight costs have come down so much over the years that people are flying now who used to cling to boxcars. And that's, (laughs) I think that's part of the challenge. You're you're appealing to a whole new market segment. Um, I think that's absolutely true. I think, frankly, you know, it used to be considered to be kind of a luxury thing, and people would, you know, wear, wear suits on airplanes and dress up because they were going to go on a flight. And, um, it, it, frankly, the seats in economy class uh, jam together. I mean, I'm 6'2", I'm 6'2 six two, six two a half, and it, even a short flight for me is a pretty uncomfortable uh, circumstance. And, you know, you get a, a bunch of uncomfortable people, many of whom are f- afraid of flying anyway. They're terrified. They're claustrophobic. Some of them are drunk. Drunk. They're packed in like feeder swine in a a giant warehouse. And then you say, act like civilized people. I mean, it reminds me of a story I read years ago when uh, they were having a problem in giant chicken houses because they'd pack so many chickens into these chicken houses, they were having a problem with cannibalism because in a large chicken house, the chickens cannot establish a pecking order. There's where that phrase came from. It's a social structure that chickens live in where they know who's the boss and they know who they're the boss of. And they couldn't establish a pecking order because there were too many chickens and what What they found was that if they put red contact lenses on the chickens, it would make them more pacifistic. (laughs) It would, it would calm them down for some reason. And so they they literally were putting red contact lenses on chickens so that they could keep them packed in there. But the real answer is don't pack so many chickens into the aluminum tube. Um, and if I, I know it's really hard to make money as, as a, as an airline, you know, uh, as Southwest Airlines seems to be the only one that's been able to consistently do it for decades. Uh, But at some point you've got to get to realize that people are people and you can't, you can't jam them in next to each other, load them up with liquor, uh, subject them to delays and uncertainty, cut them off from all communication with the outside world so you're not even telling them what's going on, and then say, okay, now you need to be civilized. Oh, by the way, thanks for the $400, um, you know, <laughs> and and feed them junk, you know, like peanuts and a, and a half a cup of uh, Coca-Cola. So— If the airlines themselves established, back to Steve's broken windows theory, the alternative to that is to have, uh, uh, let me call it the stained glass window theory. (laughs) The theory that if you have nice things in in, uh, comfortable surroundings, people will tend to relax and feel comfortable. Most of these riots, uh, situations, or, or fights are probably not breaking out in first class, where they have seats that can lay back and become beds and TV screens that are, you know, with headphones and all that kind of stuff, and they have their own space. So, uh, you know, I, I think a good start would be, hey, can we do this on some planes where people are treated like, like human beings with dignity and, and see how that works, I, I, You know, if you go with a low-budget model for flying, you adopt some of the consequences of that, and one of those consequences is that people treated like animals sometimes behave like animals. Well, I don't know if
0: I buy that argument only because people have been packed into airplanes for 20 years now. Up, You know, I mean, since deregulation, it's, it's not been pleasant. That's why the pilot said, uh, oh, and if you're in the middle seat, both of the armrests belong to you. That's my gift to you. Uh, so – so this is this is new. This is not something that's – this is not like they just started packing people into airplanes just recently and then people started fighting. This has been going on for a while, and I'll tell you when I noticed it starting to happen, people started to lose their minds on airplanes during COVID. They started to really lose their minds during COVID because there were the people who were saying, I'm not going to wear a mask, and there were the people who say, you must wear a mask. And that's when things started to get really out of control there. But this is a new – Phenomenon, and it is growing, and it's growing very rapidly. And something new is happening. Um, the there is no question that that, as I said earlier, the experience of flying economy in um, in an in a, in an economy airline is not it's not a pleasant experience. You're jam packed together, but we're seeing people's behaviors that you would expect to see on, uh, you know just, it's just inconceivable. It, it, it really, most of the people doing this look like people who have not ever been on an airplane before. So I don't really know what the answer to this is. I just know that things are starting to come apart up there and it's a serious problem. And when it happens in the terminal, when 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 you cancel a bunch of flights, you're going to have a bunch of angry, angry people. I understand that. But I'd never seen anything like what I saw with this footage from Fort Lauderdale. This was an, this was an open riot. This was just simply... This was just trashing the place. I've seen people trashing restaurants a lot more often in the last five, ten years than I ever did in, in in the entire previous part of my life. I think that lawlessness is becoming endemic. And I think that it's the failure of holding people responsible and having consequences, and consequences that are visible to the other passengers as well. I've only seen one fight on board an airplane, and that was uh, several years ago when I was flying to a perfectly nice place up in um, – up in uh, Washington, uh, in Spokane. And as I was getting off the plane, not the person in front of me, but the person in front of him turned around and punched the person in front of me and knocked him back into me. And uh, turns out it was a, a drunk guy, it turns out it was a Russian, so I guess it's the first time for everything. Um, but uh, but But when the police came on board, because everybody had to stay until the police came on board, when the police came on board, this is anybody want to make a report about this? It's like, oh me, me, me! I do, I do, I do. And it took me an hour. I had people waiting for me, but I went into this room because if you start a fight on a, on a on a on an aircraft, even on an aircraft that's on the ground, you are now committing a federal offense. It's no longer misdemeanor things. No longer a bar fight. Now you are endangering air travel. And the reason I was so eager, anxious to be a part of making sure that something happened to that guy was because I don't want this kind of thing happening on airplanes it's dangerous and people are strung out and strung up and tightened up enough as it is so clearly the conditions that Scott mentioned contribute to it but this is this is new and it's and it's growing and it's growing rapidly and I don't know what the solution to this will be other than to say okay you want to fly for $300 and you can't behave yourselves? We'll just put you in the cargo hold. Or we'll put <laughs> you on board a, a, a surplus C-17 or something, the way the military travels. Our best people travel the same way, you know? they just just a giant open hole. They throw down their rucksacks and they just snooze and there you go. Congratulations. And if 200 people get off and only get on the plane and only 30 get off, then I guess you're welcome to your own Thunderdome experience and I hope you enjoyed <laughs> flying, you know, uh, Snake Pliskin Airlines. But... W- but we but we can't we can't uh, expect we can't expect looting to go unpunished, home homelessness and, and people assaulting people on our streets to go unpublished, drug addicts walking down the streets of our cities on fentanyl who are who are screaming at the sky without going treated or punished. We cannot expect this to continue and and not expect, this disregard for law and rule and civility and just fundamental good manners to not to decay along with it. So it's something I'm deeply concerned about. And I think you probably should be too. As uh, Scott or Steve mentioned, uh, when I was very little, I had to, we all had to get wear suits and ties to get on the airplane because getting on an airplane was something that wasn't done very often. Uh, And I suppose this is maybe the lesson about how, how the, the reduction of what may seem like extremely rigid and unreasonable standards can in fact be a slippery slope that eventually take you to the point of suit and tie, okay, sport coat, okay, uh T shirts and jeans, okay, tank top and shorts, okay, uh mass rumble on the plane, let's uh let's divert to uh Philly where they'll be nice and safe. For Steve Green and Scott Odd, I'm Bill Whittle. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time on Right Angle.